This is Campus Voices. Issues, news, and notes from the campus of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. A public affairs presentation of 90.3 KRNU. Hello, I am Savannah Rettel, and I am sitting here with Lainey Stutz. She works for CARE as a confidential care advocate. How are you, Lainey? Well, hello. I'm good. Thanks for asking. How are you? Good. So um, one of my first questions is just what is CARE? Yeah, so CARE is the Center for Advocacy, Response, and Education. We are a resource on campus um, that is confidential for people to use um, if they are victims um, or survivors or even friends of people that have been impacted by sexual violence, dating violence, stalking, and sexual harassment. So how long have you been working for CARE? I have been within CARE since October of 2019. So most of it has actually been in the pandemic COVID life, but... Um, yeah, I've been t here two full years. I was the second full-time advocate that was added. Um, prior to that, we had Melissa Wilkerson, who had started about 10 months earlier and was the first full-time advocate and then added me. And then now there's the two of us within CARE. Awesome. So what does it mean to be a CARE advocate? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I think for me, it means that I get to be a resource for people that have already had to experience so much and me being there to kind of help navigate and guide and assist any way possible. Um, I often think of our role as kind of, we are not the expert of all things, but we're the expert in finding those experts. So whatever people need, we listen and we try to figure out, okay, how can we get people paired with each one of the resources they might need or information they might need um, and truly there as a, just a support system. I also think a unique thing about our office is we get to be biased. A lot of places on campus are non-biased and neutral where we fully are biased. Like we are for the people we're working with, um, supporting them behind every choice that they make. Um, we're there to help them. And I think that is a unique thing about our role that I like a lot. It's like we don't have to toe the line of being neutral. Like we're not neutral. Right. <laughs> we're for them. So Yeah, that's amazing. So you explained what it means to be a care advocate, but what about a confidential care advocate? Yeah, I think confidentiality is really important because so many people on campus don't necessarily have that title. And for us, it just means that talking to us is not going to start any kind of process. A lot of different people on campus, um, I think campus has actually the policy written that they expect people to report whenever they find out that there's been sexual assault or dating violence, one of those crimes. Um, and sometimes that's not what's best for people or what people want. So us being confidential helps that people can come talk to us about anything they're experiencing and it's not automatically going to start a process for them. They get to still have full control in that. So I think that's really important. And I also think it's important too that speaking to us, we are never going to go out and let's say Jane is in our office and then Steve wants to call and check to see how Jane's doing in, in their appointments. We would never confirm or deny that we're working with Jane. So we also get to kind of keep that realm of um, people are, it's confidential in meeting with us. We're not going to share out your information. We're not going to tell anyone about that. We're not going to talk to other people on campus about you. Um, right. The caveat with that is if people want us to, so that they can sign a release of confidentiality. If, if it's easier for us to talk to someone for them, we can do that, but we have to get their permission first. So um, I think that's another important aspect of it. So what does your average day look like as a care advocate? <laughs> 
I laugh at that because there really is no average day. Um, so the way that our office works is if people walk in, they, they're welcome to have walk-ins. We encourage people to call to make appointments ahead of time because there's only two of us. So if we weren't there, it sucks if people come up to the office and then they're ready to talk and then we're not there. So we typically always encourage people to give us a call. But um, with that, that is um, they could walk in and then kind of that's our first priority always. Our, our client services are. So if we have other meetings, we can shuffle things around and try to meet with them however they need. Um, or we carry around a phone. So if the phone rings, like that's our number one priority too. So um, also just kind of our office, especially this year, has had a lot more people aware of it. So I think that comes with a lot of people just reaching out and asking questions about what things that we can do and how to get involved. So talking to people that way. Um, I oversee our ambassador program, which is peer educators. Um, so usually every day I have some kind of role or talking to them about things that we need their help with or kind of training aspects. We have to be good at being really adaptable and changing things because um, who knows like what might come up and what meetings happen. So this is Savannah Ruddle, and if you're just joining us, I'm here with Lainey Stutz, a care advocate at CARE at UNL. Yeah, you mentioned that um, it has grown this year, and I actually wanted to talk about that. Um, you know, there was a sexual assault reported at um, the Fiji Fraternity House this year, and it spurred a lot of um, protest. And um, how did CARE react to that? Yeah, I think CARE's main priority and goal throughout all of the first couple weeks of classes is just letting people know that we're there and we're there to support. Um, I think that it was a really challenging time because for some people, like, this is exactly what they needed. Their voices were being heard. They felt like they had an outlet that people were listening. But for other people, sometimes it was really hard. Like, it just, you couldn't escape it. It was in classes. It was in their residence halls. Like, people were always talking about it. So I think for us, like, it was trying to balance the needs and wishes that everyone that we could. So we kept on offering our office open and we got all these coloring pages and snacks and, and water and invited people to come up and just hang out with us if you need a breakaway, which we saw more foot traffic in that time than we had. Like, I feel like the whole year before, which knowing it was COVID year, but I still think having that space, but then also just kind of helping people, um, you know, throughout whatever they needed. Um, Melissa and I were at most of the protests in some capacity of helping out in various ways of, um, I, mostly I think we were there to be support. We were there to kind of show our support. And then if people were there and needed support, that's what we were there for. One night we even set out a table with our resources and some of the ambassadors or peer educators um, went out and took like some of our, like our cards and our contact information, which was really great. Um, so I think that that time was just really us trying to help everyone in the ways that they need to be helping while acknowledging that everyone was feeling things very differently. So trying to just be really ad adaptable, I guess. Right. Cause this is the first time, is this the first time care had experienced something like this? I know you just came on in 2019, but I mean, I think to this capacity, I right. suppose. Um, and I think too, because it's, we are so new still, I mean, the history of the office it was officially decided to have an on-campus present. I think I've heard it was like the summer of 2018. And then Melissa started December of 2018. So she was the first time full-time advocate. Um, so really, and then I'm at it. If you think about it, that's a really small time for a brand new office to be there. So I think just the amount of people knowing that we exist, like that also was very different for us too. Um, we had so many interview requests and people just coming and be like, how can I help? Like, what can I really do to make a difference? Which was amazing. We loved those conversations. Um, 
but I think that that played a big role in it too, that so many people don't even know or knew that we were on campus. Um, so I think all of that played into just kind of what those couple of weeks were, I guess. Yeah, I will say I didn't know about CARE either until after the protest. Is that really what got your voice out there? Like, how did you grow or become well-known after the protest against that fraternity? So I think what's hard is I, it's hard to separate. And I say that because in the last spring, both Melissa and I started two different student programs that we saw even from those programs, a, a pretty big change in people knowing who we are that way. Um, so I started the ambassador program, which I think the first year, I think we had like 35 applicants, which I was amazed at because I sent it out to so few people because I was thinking it's a pilot program. Everything's online for this time. Like, so to have that many people and the common theme was most people in the interview said, we actually have never heard of care, but we're really passionate about this work. So through that and them getting trained and then them telling their friends that they were care ambassador, we saw so many people knowing that. And then Melissa on her end had started care chairs um, with fraternity sorority life where their pilot program was with um, sororities who had been interested in having like a care chair position. And then they would come to biweekly meetings where they really was just kind of an educational piece. And the goal was this person in each sorority would be the knowledgeable person to know what resources were available and just kind of more... Um, I don't know, more specialized knowledge about these topics. And then even from that, like we got, we saw people come in as clients saying, oh yeah, my care chair, my ambassador told me this, um, which that was new. So I say that all because it's so hard to know like what caused what. Um, the fact that we had now these brand new student groups that had come out that people were aware of us that way, as well as the protest people finding out that care exists and, and kind of our presence. Um, we had like this one massive social media post that I think this one post, and it pretty much was just like, we know it's a hard time. We're here to support you. Like that's the small version of what it was. And I think we listed resources. Um, and I think that got like shared like 4,000 times. Like, okay, maybe that not shared. It was something that the interactions, whatever that is. I'm not an Instagram person. So <laughs> I remember seeing the number 4,000. Um, but it got shared all over the place. And I think we got over 100 followers from that one post that we and added to it. Um, so then I think, you know, just a combination of all these different pieces that I think just kind of all came together in this perfect storm of like, oh yeah, people know that we exist now, which is great. I'm really glad they know about our resource. And, and then to what we had first started talking about, I'm also glad that now they're seeing we need to have more resources and we need to do more and provide more, which I think is only going to grow and increase what we can do for people. Right. Um, you've touched on this, but what is so important about care and about care being on campus? I just think giving people a place to know or to explore their options. Um, I, I hear so often from people that I'm meeting with, like everyone's telling me I need to report or I feel like I should report. And I think that's kind of the thing in, in our society of like, oh, if something happens, you report it to the police. But so few times do people know what that really means? Like they don't know what that process looks like. They don't know. Also, a lot of people don't even know that there's a whole different process on campus, like the Title IX process. They don't even know that that exists. So I think that there's this big push of all these things that you should do. And I feel like not having care on campus or not having advocates as a whole, it like leaves this area of like, well, what does those mean? Like, how do you navigate that? Like, how do you best prepare to do interviews? What information should you know to get into it? Like, if you start a criminal investigation, like the criminal investigation started, like you're into that process. So I think that sometimes people 
have said they wish they would have known X, Y, and Z before they made X, Y, and Z decisions. Um, so I think care serves as an entity to be able to help people explore and know those options to make the choice that's best for them and not just follow along like our society guidelines of what we think that you should do in all these cases. What is the impact you hope care leaves on campus? So... Okay, I'll start with an impact that I know that we are not doing as well as what we could be doing. But I really want there to be more of an impact and more of, of a presence of, like, preventing these things. I think that's so many times that people get to college, and I don't know how many people have actually had conversations about what consent is or what it, like, I don't know, what full choice means. So I think that creating spaces for people to have this dialogue of, like, understanding consent and understanding, like, what is okay and what's not okay is something that we're lacking. And if we had more of those conversations and that was more prevalently known, I would love before people got to college, but even once they get to college, I think that that could make a huge difference. And I would love that, I would love an impact that CARE could do is like help continue that message and that education and do a lot more, I don't know, just initiatives to help people fully understand. Um, Cause I just don't, like I think that sometimes people are surprised when they think like, well, of course everyone knows what consent is, but. No, people do not know what consent is. Um, and I think that that is a huge issue that we have. So I think that's a really big impact. And I also just think an impact of just being a support for people and being there in ways that people need us to be there. I think that is a number one goal that I have too. Right. Um, what else should we know about care? So I think that knowing that if you're passionate about this or if you want to like help be part of the change. There's ways that you can do that in our office. And it's, sometimes it's as easy as just setting up a meeting to figure out like, how can I get involved or what can I do to help? And I think that that's so important. Like think about if, think about if half of the population or even like a fourth of the population of UNL like thought that way and like took those initiatives. Like, can you imagine like how great our culture would be and how right, much that yeah. would change? So I think that letting people know that we're not only there for just supporting people going through, which is important, but we're also there if people want to like talk through like how can I help? What can I do to change my the culture on campus and what can I do to change my own like way that I do things? Like we're there to help with that too and happy to train and, and work through those steps as well. Awesome. Thank you yeah. so much. I've been speaking here with Lainey Stutz, a care advocate at CARE, and thank you for chatting with me. Thank you. This has been Campus Voices, issues, news, and notes from the campus of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. To comment on this program, call 402-472-3054 or email to krnu at unl.edu. Campus Voices is a public affairs presentation of 90.3 KRNU, Lincoln.